Welcome to Open Docs. Open Docs aims at bringing an easier understanding of open problems that helps in finding solutions for the such problems. For the set purpose, I interview researchers, practitioners who work, uh, who have published work on open problems on variety of areas from artificial intelligence, machine learning, and reinforcement learning. These are published as a podcast series. My name is Sundar. I'm an ethics and risk professional and an AI ethics researcher. I'm the host of this podcast. Ideas emerge when curiosity meets clarity. Here, we go with open box to bring clarity to those curious minds looking to solve real world problems. This project is done in collaboration with For Humanity. For Humanity is a 501 uh, nonprofit dedicated to minimizing downside risks of AI and autonomous systems. Um, if you want to know more about For Humanity, visit https forhumanity.center. Today, we have with us Mora. Mora is a postdoctoral researcher at PRA Lab in um, University of Cagliari, Italy. She received the MSc um, degree in telecommunications engineering and PhD degree in electronics and computer engineering from the same university. Her PhD thesis was about towards debugging and improving adversarial robustness evaluations. Today, we're going to be talking about a paper titled Indicators of Attack Failure, Debugging and Improving Optimization of Adversarial Examples, which Mora co-authored. Mora, welcome to the show. I'm pretty excited to have you here. Thank you, Sundar. Um, and thank you for inviting me. Uh, it's pleasure. It's pleasure. Um, see, um, adversarial examples uh, is a fascinating topic uh, to to explore your PhD on. It's so interesting to um, uh, see the kind of uh, work that you've done in this particular space. I'm, I wanted to just focus on um, this particular paper that you're referring to, which is about uh, uh, dealing with um, attack failure and uh, trying to understand the indicators of it. Um, would you want to just give a brief context to the listeners on adversarial attack and the evasion attack so that they get a context before we get into details of uh, dealing with open problems in the space? Sure. So uh, first, let's talk about adversarial machine learning. Adversarial machine learning is a, a research topic that investigates how machine learning models behave in the wild. So. Uh, you don't have the control, the experiment that you usually run when you train your models and you look at the accuracy. Usually, if you train two models and you have these two accuracies, the model you pick is the one with the most accuracy, right? Well, with adversarial machine learning, we are trying to understand if these models will behave correctly when uh, the ideal situation of the, of the lab, of the uh, perfect scenario, is not ideal anymore. So when I deploy my model somewhere where it's accessible to attackers or uh, it might be affected even by random noise that breaks the normal behavior of the model. And so adversarial machine learning tries to understand if these models can be broken in some ways with different perturbations or different uh, attacks that can be uh, made against them. So. In the context of the adversarial machine learning, people might be interested, rather than having the maximum accuracy, in having a model that is robust to 
these problems that might arise in the wild scenario. Now let's move on to evasion attacks. Evasion attacks are uh, specific attacks that don't change anything in the model. So the model is accessible to the attacker um, and the attacker slightly perturb a certain input in a way that the model will behave as, as the attacker wants. So let's make an example. I have a model that classifies cats and dogs from the pictures. So a picture representing a cat should be classified as a cat. Well, the attacker might perturb this image slightly. So the human wouldn't be able to understand that this uh, image has been tampered with. And suddenly the model doesn't see a cat anymore, but sees a dog. Okay. Now this is a non-security relevant scenario, but, but try to imagine the same thing happening to a face recognition system or uh, to a malware analysis system where your antivirus is classifying a malware as a goodware because the attacker actually hid some uh, uh, perturbation that changed the model's de decision. And who uses the model would not be aware of it because for a normal user, there's no perturbation happening. So this is a, a evasion attacks. Now the importance of security, securing the models to evasion attacks is because, well, when you have security relevant scenarios, you don't want these attacks to happen. You want to limit the, uh, uh, the attacker uh, in certain ways. And what usually happens is that people propose defenses that makes the, these models robust to these kinds of attacks. So this is the, in a glimpse, what happens in adversarial machine learning. Absolutely. It's so interesting to learn more about um, the evasion attacks that you're mentioning. Of course, um, in your paper and in this podcast, we are speaking from the perspective of the security impact, but I'm sure these evasion attacks have multiple other impacts uh, per se, They're not necessarily limited to security impacts. But when we are focusing on security impacts also, one factor that I see is that uh, where, let's say, if we are use, seeing um, such attacks in, um, in places where people are looking for, let's say, COVID vaccination, at that point in time, vaccination portals, if people were attacking it, then automatically it uh, disadvantages people from uh, getting right slots and being able to get vaccination at the right time. So this can have a, a, a varied set of attacks. Uh, thanks for bringing this point. I think it's very, very useful. I want to move back to your paper where you're actually speaking about um, uh, evaluating defenses are very hard in, um, in these types of attacks. Would you want to explain briefly and then probably we can get into the types that you're explaining uh, in the paper and then uh, take this conversation forward. Yes, of course. So first, I want to agree with your point. Indeed, uh, adversarial attacks can be uh, anywhere where an attacker can have a revenue out of uh, the attack. So the scenario is quite open and anything can happen when you use these machine learning models. Now, moving on to the defending and testing these defenses. Uh, well, these defenses usually are crafted in a way that they should make the model less sensitive to adversarial attacks, to evasion attacks in, in, uh, in the specific. Uh, and this is still an open problem. So first of all, there's no existing defense that is completely safe. And this is uh, uh, the first point to understand. Now, open problem is also testing the defenses itself. 
because usually when you test a machine learning model, you just have your validation data and you uh, compute the accuracy and you have a number. But with evasion attacks, you should be able to test all this possible validation data and even beyond that, and there are all their possible perturbations. So this is not an easy uh, job because these input data first have a big dimensionality. Also, if you change slightly the model, it might, might happen that uh, you have to search again. Okay, so testing is still an open issue. And the only way that people are using, or at least it's the most efficient way, is by using uh, some information from the model to find where these adversarial examples are hidden. And it's, uh, it has a lot to do with optimization and with empirical tests, because we cannot, again, test everything possible. We test what's the most efficient thing we can do. So we optimize these perturbations so that they affect, uh, they have the highest impact in the, in the model. And with optimizations, we know that something can go wrong because we know it also from training the models. We are not sure that the perturbation we found is the best possible one that breaks the model. And it's, uh, I would say it's a similar problem to when we are looking for bugs in the code. So when you find a bug in your code, you are sure there is a bug, you know you can fix it, and you know the bug is there. But if you don't find it, you cannot say the bug is not there. You can only say that the bug, well, you, you didn't find a bug, right? And so this happens also with other examples. I might have my whole input space to explore, and I might look at some points where it's likely to find them. But even if I uh, spend a lot of energy on, it, on that and I don't find them, I cannot have guarantees. So this is the core problem of my paper that we are trying to understand what's going, uh, if there's something going wrong, with the, how we are looking for these adversarial examples. Absolutely. Um, this also brings in another very, very important point is that um, when the, practically ensuring comprehensiveness is going to be complex and impo near impossible. And what we are actually speaking about is we have methods to explore the potential for errors and issues, but those methods are not very, very um, robust by itself. So the concept of robustness is going to be very, um, um, so to say, robustness is a hope um, <laughs> in that sense, right? So uh, let's, let's get along to um, get more details on the types of issues that you're actually speaking about. You, I know in your paper, you're actually detailing a number of um, uh, issues from implementation problems or uh, non-adaptive attack. Why don't you explain them briefly? Yes, of course. So uh, first, I'm going to explain just uh, what happened in research in the in, in research in the last last uh, ten to fifteen years. So what happened is that people tried to d design these defenses. And then later on, these defenses were broken by more uh, experienced or attentive attackers. So, uh, because as I said, we don't have guarantees on these defenses. So if I want to publish a paper on a defense, what I can do is try every possible, possible weapon in my arsenal. But again, if I don't find the adversarial examples, I don't have guarantees. I might publish my paper, but I know that somebody is gonna come for it and try to break it. 
and this might be attackers, but might, might, be, might be also people that are good and they're trying to improve the research uh, uh, objective. So what happened is indeed that... This is true, right? This is true. This is something that we have very much seen in the cybersecurity world uh, extensively, right? There's always a space where you continue to have um, uh, new defenses coming in and new attackers breaking the defenses. And that's uh, that's seen as a way for you to improve um, the extent to which defenses can be um, explored. Uh, the one significant difference that I see is uh, cybersecurity is more industrialized while uh, uh, when we are speaking about advisory ex- examples, specifically evasion attacks, uh, the defenses doesn't seem to have uh, uh, been very, very industrialized. You're, you're also touching about that in your paper specifically. Yeah, I just wanted to touch this point, given that you Yes, mentioned. indeed. The majority of research on adversarial examples in, is indeed conducted on image domain because it's the easiest to treat, the easiest to show, and the easiest to... Uh, get models that are super well-trained for that, etc. So it's the easiest domain. But of course, when you talk to companies, they don't care about the images most of the times. I mean, there's also companies that work with images. But specifically, if you talk to security companies, for example, they talk about antiviruses, for example, malware-based antivirus, uh, machine learning-based antiviruses. Well, in these cases, if you find adversarial examples, the correct ethical thing to do is to send them an email and describing the issue saying that there is this virus that passes through your antivirus because you're using machine learning and it's accessible to to these kind of attacks. So yes, when you uh, move to industry, you might have different domains, but still all the correct things apply. So even when these people broke these defenses that were previously published, usually they call them or they uh, send an uh, an email ensuring that, for example, they have implemented the defense correctly and they are testing the mechanism correctly. They're not doing something that is wrong. So these uh, these people are actually very nice because they uh, tried to systematize this process and to teach people how to uh, effectively evaluate defenses. And so this uh, uh, paper that I worked on uh, actually tries to systematize the previous mistakes that people are made, have made and try to uh, define some indicators that going back to the uh, software examples where I'm trying to find bugs, well, uh, it's like having a debugger for machine learning models, for machine learning attacks specifically. So. As I said, this has a lot to do with optimization. So if my optimization is, for example, stopped too early, and this happened in many uh, papers that are published, actually, they try to uh, implement adversarial attacks. They test, test the defense against them, but they don't try as hard as they should. And so it happens that just they uh, perform too few steps of this gradient descent that is used and they don't find the adversarial examples. So we have, for example, a specific indicator that tells you if uh, you have optimized enough. So it's uh, similar to what happens in training, right? When you have this uh, loss curve that does uh, go down for the first uh, iterations, for the first epochs, if you stop it too early, this indicator will tell you, well, you stopped too early, the loss could have improved more 
if you would have added more iterations. So this is one example of these indicators. And we have uh, uh, all kinds of indication, indicators that try to patch these problems that happens in the past, that happened in the past. Uh, one that is uh, probably the most uh, interesting one is if you have an attack that is not adaptive. Adaptive attacks means that I take the defense, I understand the mechanism of the defense, and I specifically target that defense. It's like having an attacker that is aware of the defense. Okay? And this is actually what uh, contrasts with the industry scenario because they believe in the security by obscurity uh, paradigm. But often this is not true. This is not applicable because if you have developers that implement a mechanism, you are at risk of them uh, sharing some information, sharing some insight. So uh, the non-adaptive attack is actually uh, the best weapon you can use to test your model. We test if uh, the attacks uh, are adaptive because uh, you have to understand if you are optimizing the correct loss function. And if you change the model and put some walls that don't allow you to optimize, so they are obstructing the search, not the adversarial examples that are behind the wall. Okay, so the adversarial example is still there and I can find it with uh, extensive search, brute force, or with different techniques that uh, probably we will talk about later. But putting a wall there that breaks the gradient descent is not the solution. So this is one of the most uh, uh, discussed topics in adversarial uh, defenses is whether you have a defense that is correctly removing the adversarial examples or it's just hiding them very well. Yeah, this is so interesting. This is so interesting that you're bringing this topic. Um, this is so fascinating to know um, the, what, what you're actually speaking about is sometimes the way the models are optimized are not necessarily optimized for the solution but are optimized to ensure that uh, uh, the problems are not seen, right? So that's exactly what you're uh, mentioning here, right? And this is something that we've seen in different environments where optimization uh, results in catastrophic effects, uh, you know, whether we're speaking in robotics, whether we're speaking in um, uh, uh, autonomous driving or other spaces. This is very interesting to look at the same optimization problem from the lens of security. I'm, I'm so thrilled to uh, learn this uh, specifically. Uh, can you briefly touch upon this point that you mentioned in terms of why robustness is uh, overestimated? And how do you see the these pieces of gaps that you're seeing in uh, um, evaluation defenses? And how do you connect that with um, robustness being overestimated? So robustness is uh, overestimated exactly as uh, the models usually overfit to the data because we want to publish a paper. And then what we do is sometimes um, try to test it just as a box ticking. So I've done the attacks, I've done the adaptive attacks, then I'm done, my model is robust. And I hide uh, under the carpet what's uh, uh, going on actually in the model. This happens a lot in the research scenario. Uh, as a reviewer, I still see, uh, because I always uh, also review for some conferences, and 
you still see that these people actually either are not aware of the problem or they're hiding it. I hope they're not aware of it, but uh, sometimes you still find uh, papers, for example, that uh, have 10 iterations of the attack and they're not enough. And well, they claim a robustness that is not there. So the first problem is, of course, that we want to publish a paper and the paper doesn't get accepted if you don't have good results in general. Uh, other, uh, other problems are also that uh, companies often uh, resist to testing their models because if you find a vulnerability, then they might get some uh, bad uh, effect on their on their business name. Yeah, business operations reputation as the case may be. Yes, yes. And so uh, usually when we contact companies, for example, to for telling them that we broke a model, uh, uh, we as researchers in general, I'm not uh, saying that I broke anything, <laughs> but uh, I know and I talk uh, with many other researchers and they actually get an angry answer rather than a good answer. That is, uh, you find the problem, now we will fix it. Uh, so this is also another issue that sometimes companies don't accept to, uh, to have uh, an issue in their models. And uh, many times... Again, again, this goes back to the same point that you mentioned. It's more like um, um, a layer where you're limiting people to find instead of actually uh, clearing off the problems per se, right? So we're, it's, it's, a, it's conceptually the same problem that we spoke in optimization. You're, you're trying to yes. evade something um, in the process. Yes, but actually in there, there is a, a, a positive uh, trend that is also composed of these systems as layerized systems. So imagine that I get that there is these uh, specific points that uh, I should not uh, allow people to query. For example, malware. I understand because people told me that this malware is getting through my antivirus. What I can do is extract some signature and filter it before. So this is a good way of uh, handling with these perturbations. Because if you have these layers, then the malware doesn't go through the machine learning model at all. You filter it before. Um, and this is, uh, well, it, it's basically sanitizing the inputs and outputs. And it's another solution that companies should adapt to survive to, to when using machine learning in their production systems. I understand. It's, it's so fascinating. I'm really excited and uh, to learn more about some of these topics that you've spoken. Uh, I think with this, we come to the end of the first part of the podcast. Uh, I look forward to talking to you on the second part and then learning more about some of the other pieces uh, that you've done with your research and um, how do you see the world emerging in this particular space, specifically with reference to evasion attacks and uh, in displacement of the scene. Yeah. Thanks a lot for joining in, Mora. Thank you. See you uh, soon <laughs> for the second part.